Access more. It's about time because we're going there. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of We're Going There. I'm your host, Bianca Waters-Oltoff, and I hope you came ready to laugh. Today, I'm chatting with comedian Yvonne Orji, and I get to ask her the perennial question I get asked often. Does God have a sense of humor? Now, I am a firm believer that God not only has a sense of humor, but he has a great sense of humor. As someone who values humor and wit and banter and sarcasm, I've come to see it reflected in the scripture from the one who created the world and us. So I get it. Not everyone here are followers of Jesus, but whether or not you believe in God, Jesus longs to have a relationship with you. Hello, John 3.16. So I can't imagine that if we, his most valuable creation, have a wide variety of humor that range from our individual personalities to actually scripted written words, that the God of the universe who created us in his image doesn't have a sense of humor. So now we're asking the question, is it irreverent to think that God is funny? Well, the history of religion has reflected that God is is to be feared and respected and revered, and rightly so. But that is just one side of God, and yet it has dominated the image of God and Christianity for years. To unbelievers, God comes across as vengeful, that he is an angry God who is fixated on people obeying him and repenting from their sins. Now, this view, of course, comes from out-of-context scripture, human perception, and subliminal messaging. Christians who have a relationship with the Father know that he is loving and kind, as well as just and merciful. Now, if you don't believe or take in the words of Jesus, how about my wise Uncle Solomon, who writes in Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to weep and a time to laugh. Hello, you see, there you go. And then he goes on to say a time to mourn and a time to dance. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And then towards the end of the chapter, it says that God has done this from the beginning to the end. And I know that there's nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is a gift from God. So if Solomon is driving home this point, why can't we believe it? As we are in relationship with God, we are given the gift of laughter, dancing, happiness, not apart from God, but with God. On today's show, we're talking to Yvonne Orji, and she is an Emmy-nominated Nigerian-American actress, writer, and comedian. A failed doctor, she entertains international audiences and can be seen in her one-hour HBO comedy special, Mama, I Made It. I saw it personally. I thought it was hilarious. She is a sought-after speaker, and she's given opening keynote at Forbes Under 30 Summit, and her TED Talk, The Weight is Sexy, has garnered over a million views, and we'll put that link in the show notes. But her breakout TV role was playing Molly on HBO's hit show, Insecure. Most importantly, and the thing that I cannot wait to discuss and talk about is her most recent book, Bamboozled by Jesus, How God Tricked Me into the Life of My Dreams. And that book is on bookshelves everywhere. Do me a favor, take notes, laugh, and tag Yvonne Orji on Instagram to win a copy of her fabulous book. Let's dive in. Yvonne, I am so excited that you are on the podcast. Thank you for saying yes, and thank you for being here. Thank you for being amazing, and thank you for inviting me. This is so much fun. We're going to have a good time. I feel it already. The energy is aligned. I love it. I love it. Okay, and this is a podcast, but you look amazing, and I feel like everyone listening should know this bang fringe that you're giving me, this, like, soft pink sweater. I mean, this. some of these cuts are going to be on social media, and they need to. people need to tag you and let you know Girl, you look good. And well, they, I was trying. To, I was trying to do the pink for the book cover. Oh yes, like, yes, yes. Trying to keep it sexy. I'm here. I'm <laughs> here for it. I'm here for it. Well, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, I, I, we are. We have so much to talk about. I'm not even kidding you. I have like two pages full of notes that we 
prepared for this for this conversation. But I want to first start off with just you are hilarious. Like not only do you write hilarity, you are just a hilarious person. We're going to get into you are a writer, you are creative, you are an actress. I mean, there's so much to you. But this is where I want to start off. You are going to answer this pervasive question. And this is where we're going to dive in and we're going to go out to all the things that we need to talk about in this. But I love that you are not just hilarious. I love that you are reverent sometimes and I'm here for it. So the question I'm asking as a comedian uh, that goes on tour and writes and is in shows, you are also a believer. And I think that maybe people who might know you from HBO or comedy specials might not necessarily know, but you are a hilarious woman of God. So the question I'm asking, and somebody asked me this at church, they said, does God have a sense of humor? Like, is God funny? So oh, it's hysterical. Okay. <laughs> I want you to unpack that. I want you to unpack. This is where we're starting. All right. This is, this is oh. our floor. I want to have a comedian talk about, do you think that God is funny? I'll never forget the one time I found out how funny God was. This is, this is like new believer. Jesus is funny. <laughs> I was in college because I got saved when I was 17 and I remembered I was walking. I went to school in DC. I was walking to the subway. And this guy rolled up on me in like a hoopty and was like, hey, girl, can I holler at you? And I looked at him and I was like, mm-mm. And I was so, so, so mad. And I was walking to the uh, sub, uh, subway and I was like, God, why did he think he had a chance for me? Did he not see my pearls? I had my grandmama's pearl necklace on. Did he not see my grandmama's pearls on? And God in that instant said, but you the one walking through the subway though. <laughs> Who said, who side are you on? Who's, oh, not, like he, he humbled me so quick. I, I am good and grown. And I still remember that moment where I was like, how dare this man in his hoopty think that he had a chance. And God was like, but baby, you about to put this, this, this good Metro pass. <laughs> you got your lefty and righty. Like you're walking there with this guy. Okay. So, so one, I do believe that God has a hilarious sense of humor. I think that he's using you to reach people um, in very simple and funny ways. And so from, from that, I, I kind of want to, uh, you had mentioned that you were um, a baby Christian. So before we get into the Vaughn that we might see and be familiar with, whether it's on Instagram or HBO or through comedy, through the book, um, talk to me about who you were as you were going into college. You were yeah, I know you had uh, some faith in your background, but what was your like come to Jesus moment? Uh, I, I read a little bit about it, but I just think for the sake of the conversation, it's a great story. Yes. No, I, I was raised Catholic. So as most Nigerians are, I um, grew up with Catholicism as like my kind of inception into faith. And it was, you know what, everything that God puts in you is enough for that season. And so like my Catholic faith was enough to hold me and keep me close to the cross. Cause God was like, well, when she get to college, I'm gonna give her a little bit more, but let's just, <laughs> let's just give her what, what needs to be her foundation for now. And we'll, fi we'll fix on the back end. I think so many of us want like the, the whole shebang like up top. And God is like, I always got a back end blessing. Like let's, let's get to college. And so, you know, my, my Catholic faith was just enough for me to be like, okay, I want God to be a part of my life. You know, I have kind of like a moral boundary or whatnot. 
And but I didn't really have relationship because I didn't know how to have relationship with yeah. him. I think the Catholic Church is really into like religion and customs and all of that. And so when I got to college and I went to the Bible study where I ended up, you know, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're leaving out a key component to this story before. So you went to Bible study before you had planned to go where? Because I think that's an important detail to this conversation. <laughs> I'm going to call you out. We're going to tell the truth and shame the devil today. But you were about to go somewhere before Bible study uh, or after Bible study. Excuse me. Where, where were you on your way to? You know, I'm not bound. You know what I'm saying? I am. I'm open book. You, you read all the chapters. I tell all my stories. So I was on my way to the club. I'm a freshman in college. I was on my way to Club 2K9 in D.C. before it closed down. And a friend of mine was coming with me. And she was like, oh, girl, but before we go... um, we should go to this Bible study. That was like, trick, no. What? Like, I don't have Bible study attire on. Like, I know what I was trying to do at the club. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to change after. Like, what are we doing? And so she was like, no, but I got this flyer. Like, it, it won't be long. Like, we should just go. And I was like, okay. And so, because again, Catholicism, I knew God. He was part of my life. So I'm like, I'm not mad at him. But like, also like, how long is this Bible study? Because I'm trying to meet the fellas. And so we go and I meet this woman who is just like sold out for Christ, who calls God daddy. And I was like, oh, that's that's really close. Like, I ain't never. Does she got daddy issues? What's going on? Because I've never. And but it was just something that was so attractive about mm. her faith and about her assurance of who God was. Like, I think that was it. It was just like, oh, what she know that I don't know? And why don't I know it? Because I'm not happy about this. I want to know what she knows. And there was something so beautiful and, and enamoring about her faith. And I was like, I want in on it. Mm. And so, I don't know. I think we still went to the club that night, but <laughs> I, the foundation was set in like, I need to have a relationship because right yeah. now it feels like I just have religion with Jesus. Mm. Okay, so you encounter Jesus. Paul encounters Jesus on Damascus Road. You encounter Jesus on the way to the club. You have a, 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 a transformation of heart during that moment. But then what was it that kind of catapulted your faith to be an individual faith, not just watching and listening to someone who had a relationship with Jesus, but then for you personally? Uh, where, was, where did that yeah. take place? What happened? So, okay, so when I came to America, because I'm from Nigeria, I was bullied. And so there was this thing of like, I know I wasn't that bad. Like, you know, it was just kind of like the kids just couldn't get over my accent. You know, my mom was cooking goat meat at home, so I'm sure it transferred on my sweaters. So it was just, so it was just a whole bunch of stuff that like I had against me, but I had this this desire to belong. It really was. It was just a desire to belong and a desire to have. It's kind of like that Gideon moment, right? Like, God, like I'm the least and the youngest. Like, it's I, you know, you don't mean what you're saying. <laughs> and when the angels like, no, you're a mighty warrior. It's kind of yeah. like, you did you not hear me? Like, and so there was this always this rumbling of like, I want more, and I feel like there's more in me. But because of how my beginning was, I felt like don't nobody care about me. Like I'm just kind of like you know low and. Um, I, I, like I want to scream from the mountaintops that I'm amazing, but like everybody else keeps telling me that I'm not amazing. So I don't know who to believe. And so it was one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, if God is real and like how she's describing him is real and authentic, mm. then like 
this is what I've been, this is a lifeline. Yeah. Like I can just hold on to him, hold on to his principles. And like, he can be my guide and he can give me that thing that I was searching so hard for from other people. I'm in, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like, I'm in. And it was just that thing of like, I'm going to put all the responsibility, like good, better, and different. I blame him. <laughs> if it works out, I blame him. If it don't work out, I blame him. So it was just this transfer of energy. Mm. And Again, everything in season because we had a season where I just had blind, like baby, baby, Ray Charles Faith, okay, just blind. It was, I can't see nothing. And it was just like, like where you leave me, I will go because I got nothing. And now I think I'm in a season of my life where God is like, hey, boo, we've had this relationship mm -hmm. and it, it worked, but now I need you to trust you because mm -hmm. you trust me. But I need you to trust me, trust you like you trust me. And yeah. it sounds so backwards because, again, the thing for me, my faith journey, the thing that is so hard for other people to kind of receive when it comes to God and religion and faith and and all of that is the thing that was so easy for me. I was like, y'all really want to have control of your lives. Y'all want so bad. <laughs> it is so easy to give him control because if it don't work, it's his fault. You know what I mean? So I literally put all of my, all the baskets in his corner. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, but I don't, I don't want our relationship to just be like, God, whatever you want. Cause he's like, I want you to want some things and mm -hmm. I want you to check back in with me to be like, is that what you want for me too? But I need you to be a participator and a participant in this next level of your life. And yeah. I was like, Oh, I don't like that because now that means I'm to blame. <laughs> okay. So there's multiple points where I feel like I have gotten uh, exposure to you without connecting all the dots. And so uh, I was homeschooled, so I'm a little slow. So it took me a minute to kind of figure out the girl from the TED Talk that I watched a number of years ago to the girl I watched on HBO Insecure to the girl whose book I read. So so I'm just going to start with the book because, and then we're going to back it up and we're going to talk unpack everything else. But um, this past Christmas, I was a girl at church and she said, Pastor B, you've got to read this book. And when people hand me books that I got to read, my first instinct is like, bless your heart. And I've done ministry work in the South. And when they bless your heart, they're really saying like, you sure is stupid. So mm -hmm. I, I really wanted to bless her heart. But then I took the book. Chapter one, I'm putting all the pieces together of like where I know you and where I've seen you. And first of all, how you write is, uh, I think people will look at this and not think it's profound, but as a communicator of the gospel, as a preacher, as a teacher, as a pastor, a church planner, I'm telling you, you are putting the gospel into people's hands. And I read this and I was like, Lord, this book is going to do more than many Bible studies and Christian podcasts and whoop-de-woo -woo because this woman has been faithful to pursue the call upon her life. And you are a 10-talent woman. You are not just a comedian. You're not just an actress. You're not just a writer. Like you are a child of God with so many weapons in your arsenal. So let's, I want to start the book and then I want to kind of want to ba talk backwards in regards to the show, comedy special, TED Talk, all that other stuff. But talk to me, why, why did you feel bamboozled by Jesus and what convinced you to write a book? Okay. So first of all, thank you so much for that resounding compliment. And I receive it, girl, because th <laughs> this, this was a labor of, I, I, isn't it like birthing a child? Girl. 
It's like, it, I've never, I've never birthed, I've never birthed a biological child, but like it hurt like something was coming out of me. I was like, oh, I'm Lamaze breathing as I'm like trying to write these chapters. So I, I, I feel I you. Like, yes. Jesus, please don't tell me nothing else you want me to do. Like I'm good <laughs> on you and your desires for my life for like a couple of years, fam. Like it was so, it was, I mean, it's just so, I mean, not only just vulnerable, but it's just like, you're writing it and it's an asylum. It's the loneliest thing you will ever do. Like, people are like, comedy is so hard. I'm like, hey, fam, I get immediate response. If y'all like my jokes, y'all tell me. If you don't, I'm like, ah, oh, snap. That one didn't work. Okay, you know, my, my ego could be shot. But, like, the next night I go back on stage. I'm like, it did work. Write a book. You're like, I don't even know who's going to do this. And like, where are they going to be at? Do I have anything to say to these people? And like, and then I got to, I got to hound them to pre-order. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's a so lot. many things it's that you're lot. just, ah! And so anyway, so I receive the blessing. Um, and I, and I'm like, yes, Lord, let us do numbers for the your kingdom and for your glory. And I really wanted to write it in a way, because like I said, when I heard that woman call God daddy, something in me clicked like, oh, I don't know that people have this relationship with mm. God. I don't know that people know that they can access him like he's like he's fam. Like I talk to Jesus like, hey, hey dog, let me tell you right now what you're not gonna do. <laughs> hey, we got an issue. Like and he and he lets me, you know what I mean? But yeah. I think sometimes we approach him with such reverence and such like, oh well, you know, I can't tell God or God's so busy doing other things. I'm like, God, I know you're busy, but like I need my edges to grow because this is crazy. <laughs> what in the heck? Do I need can you find me somebody that got the right oil mixture? Because this is crazy. My edges are <laughs> <laughs> there's I'm global gonna, hunger, but your edges need to grow with <laughs> he can do all things. Yes he like, can. Listen, yes he can. He was he was literally talking to the woman with the issue of blood. And wasn't it J.R.S.'s daughter that was dying? He was like, hey, hey, I'm going to be over your house. It's cool. Don't worry. Just don't trip. She's not there. She's sleeping. Okay, so, uh, woman, your faith has made you. He can do both things. He can do uh, both yes. things. I don't think J.R.S. Whose who son was it? Was it? I don't know. And I love that you're calling it J.R.S.'s. His name is Jairus. <laughs> Hey, hey, he, hey, hey, fam, he was on somebody's starting five basketball team. Hey, JR. Hey, JR. <laughs> like, oh, Lord. That's the way I read my Bible. I don't know how y'all I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Yes, absolutely. Y'all got all the translations. This is the new Yvonne Living translation. Okay. So, <laughs> let's go. So, anyway, uh, to the title, because we will, we will be here talking. Um, so, I. What I hated, the only reason I wrote this book, what I hated is when you meet somebody who has like amassed some level of success or whatnot in their life and you're like, okay, girl, I know that like our paths are different, um, but you talk about how hard it was for you. Like, what did you do when it was hard? Mm. And they, I mean, I asked this question to so many people and they would be like, hey man, you know, like. You know, we started from the bottom. Now we here. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I, I heard the song too. But like at the bottom, what yeah. was like, how did you get yeah. back up? How did you keep yourself going? And it's like people never really wanted to talk about the murky days. They never really wanted to be honest and be like, yo, I almost cussed God out. Like real talk, like me and he were about to scrap in the streets. I'm like, don't, you got me just in. <laughs> like I, like whatever it was, or just like, yo, real talk. I write in the book, like, yeah, I had, I 
Jesus told me to give my half of the offering or my half of the rent money in the offering basket. And I was like, you are crazy, sir, because I need a place to live. Because if I'm homeless, how can I do the will and the work of the Lord? Tell me that, my Jesus. <laughs> but it was like, yo, fam, I did it. It was the craziest thing I'd ever done. I was so mad. I cried. And then God gave me a backdoor blessing mm -hmm. that I didn't even expect. You know, so yeah. I'm telling you real life, like, yo, yeah. something won't make sense, some, whatever. So I, the only reason I wanted to write the book, one, God told me to write the book. And two, I, in real time, wanted an opportunity to tell people like, yo, fam, I'm really not that special. I promise y'all. I know you probably look at me because I'm on TV. I'm really not that special. I just was dumb enough to keep saying yes to this man. And <laughs> like, I'm going to tell you the play by play of what my, my mental mindset, my yeah. physical mindset, my emotional and spiritual mindset were in these seasons of my life where you may find yourself and I literally just got out of two seconds ago. So it's not like 50 years ago, I did this <laughs> thing. It's like, not fam, two years ago, yeah. I was three. And so that I wanted to give people real time you're not in this alone. Mm -hmm. We come and it was perfect. Like we're coming out of a pandemic. I know it feels like you're starting over. Guess who has started it over in her life? Me, the girl with the two degrees and a master's. Like it's fine. You're not crazy. Your family won't understand. Don't ask them to. This is what you can do and still get to your promised land. Yeah. And so that's really why I wrote the book. And that's why I called it Bamboos About Jesus. Okay. So you write about, I may not win, but I always win. How do you take your L's and turn them into W's? Will you unpack that a little bit? Because I think that the idea of an L, the idea of losing just doesn't feel like something that people are comfortable with. But yet you kind of flip it on Ted by saying, I may not win, but I always win. Will you talk to, talk to me about that. Like, what do you mean when you say that? So the first time I think I experienced that was when I did comedy for the first time. I was at a pageant. I, it was at a pageant, and I was the I think the only person to ever do stand up. Um, and I came in third, like third runner up, so basically fourth. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I really was gunning for first. <laughs> but here's why it didn't matter. <laughs> No shame, but we don't know who came in first, second, or third. We didn't, we're not looking for her. We, we don't know where she at. We don't know what she do with her life. <laughs> but the girl who came in fourth. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just... <laughs> You're half kidding. Yeah. Half kidding. <laughs> I was like, half kidding. No, what I, what I mean, though, is that, like, it wasn't, I wasn't in the pageant for me to win. Yeah. God was just using that as the entry point into me discovering I had this. When else would I have been bold enough to try stand-up comedy? I wouldn't have been. Mm. But he was like, under the guise of this, you know, pageant, which you, you now can't get out of, right? Like, you got to do it because you have, you sold tickets. Your family's coming <laughs> to see you on the stage. So you can't get out of it. Ha ha, bamboozled you. And so now the heat is on. It's like, oh, snap. Okay. Uh, I got to do these jokes. <laughs> this is the only thing I know. Like God told me to do comedy at this pageant. This is so random, right? And so it wasn't about winning. So yeah. I took the L, but what I won was a career. Mm. Like I lost the pageant, but I won a career. So like I win. Yeah. And so it's like, I may not win, but I always win. Yeah. And it's like, I go in that, like I go into every aspect of my life kind of with that, like that, that mentality. Yeah. Like, you know what? 
Yeah, I'm 30 something years old. No, I'm not married. No, I don't have kids. And I know other people are winning, per se, in that area. Yeah, but I'm always win. Like, yeah. I got a backdoor blessing for me, and I can't see it. But when it comes, I'm going to be like, look at God. Yeah. He did it again. Again, so okay, so let's let let's go there. So in comedy, timing is everything. And you had yeah. mentioned that like you're thirty something, and while everyone else's life might have like a white picket fence and two point five kids and a dog named Spot, your life looks different. And so, um, you gave your family, you asked your family for eight years to get your career up and going, and the yeah. Lord met you in seven. And one of the Praise things. God. One of the things that I love is numerology, a little geeking out, but like the number of seven is perfection and completion. So the Lord met you in that. Uh, okay. But talk to me about, so you moved to LA and you are pursuing uh, a totally different type of life path than maybe some of your friends. So mm -hmm. walk me through like those seven years or seven, eight years of you kind of like figuring Ooh. out who you want to be now. And like, correct me if I'm wrong. You moved. You moved to LA specifically, right? Before I moved to New York. I, I well, first I moved to Liberia. Okay, to <laughs> get away from having to tell my parents the truth that like I don't want to go to med school no more. Like I was stalling so hard that I was like, you know what? They just finished a war in Liberia. I think that's safer <laughs> for me to be at than to tell my parents tell the truth. <laughs> Just, I mean, running. Just, I mean, who? Just who was in the belly of the whale? Just Jonah. running. Okay, so Jonah said, "Nah, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'm good. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. I don't want to tell them I don't want to be a doctor. Let me go to let me go to conflict nations." Anyway, so when I got back from Liberia, it was a whole entire uh, economic recession. It was just, mm -hmm. I mean, it was 2009. And the job that I had before I left was not promised to me when I got back. And so I looked around and I said, well, listen, everybody else is unemployed. It could be because they, you know, because they were foolish like me. and was like, <laughs> I don't want to go to school no more. Or they got fired. So we in it together. Nobody knows. No one's going to ask you. So how come you're unemployed? Everybody unemployed. <laughs> so I said, well, what better decoy than taking this opportunity now I don't know when people will start having jobs again, but while nobody has a job, let me go to New York, see if I can make it as a comic. I did two, two and a half years in New York, and then I moved to LA in 20, 2011, 2012. Um, and yeah, it's that thing you come and you have such, uh, I don't know, bright ideas. Mm -hmm. There, it, it feels like, God, I can do anything, you know, like the guy, like favor, favor in there was my, like, it was in my front pocket. God, I know people have been here trying to live these dreams, but as for me and my household, we will be blessed. Like what you going to do, Jesus? Like, and God was opening doors. And like, I, I, I was so grateful about every little door open. It was like, I got an unpaid internship. It's like, you ain't getting paid. I know, but I'm, I'm getting what I'm losing in money. I'm getting an experience. You know, the, everything was just like such a, like a joy. Cause it was like, well, you know, sure, I can't eat, but I know how to write now. You know, it's like, it's like, so you just have to take your wins with your L's. And I think I just saw not only the beauty, but the opportunity. Yeah. And I think other people were just so like, but how much are they paying? Or what is it, what is this doing for me? And I'm like, 
you asking all the wrong questions, Sam, <laughs> because I don't know what it's going to do for you, but I know that everybody don't get this option or opportunity, so I'm going to maximize it. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I did that for a long time. Okay. I did that, and, mm-hmm, no, ahead. no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, you had a question. I, okay, so I'm still trying to reconcile. So if you, I, I'm born and raised in LA. So the concept of like Hollywood and Jesus feel like diametrically opposed. So mm-hmm. as a, you are walking with the Lord, you've made some, and we'll unpack this a little bit later. I feel like there's so many things that we could talk about, but we can unpack this in a second, but you are making a stand for Jesus just personally. You've made some uh, choices for like dating and relationships. Well, what does this look like in Hollywood and um, you had mentioned favor and we're going to talk about that in a second, but I'm still trying to reconcile like when, when opportunities came knocking at your door, whether it was like HBO or wh- whatever, fill in the gap, how did you feel like, um, did you ever wrestle with or think people are going to have feelings and thoughts about me saying yes to this job or taking this role or my character as Molly versus the real life Yvonne? Um, did you have, did you have to wrestle through any of that or did you feel like I'm paving waves for people or did you internally kind of find a struggle in that? So here's the thing. I didn't ask for this life. I didn't ask for Hollywood. (laughs) I did not even ask for comedy. So as far as I was concerned, if I'm toe to toe with Jesus, then this is what he wanted me to do. Like it didn't even dawn on me that like when you say like Hollywood and, and Christianity are, you know, opposed, I was like, he told me to come. So where's the opposite? <laughs> like, I didn't even, like, it didn't dawn on me that, like, I, and I think, too, to the pure, all things appear, right? And mm. so for me, I just was like, if I know who I am and yeah. God called me to be here, then clearly who I am is good enough for here. Like, yeah. I just was like, night, like, you, it's almost that thing of like when you don't know the rules about something, you you can't um you, like you don't know that you're not following the rules. So you're just like I'm gonna be myself, and it's like well yourself yourself isn't accepted here. Who said? Well, since when? Like I just I didn't know. Like I was so dumb that I was just like yes sir, whatever you want me to do. I like I just had in my mind like I'm, Jesus is not gonna take me out on the technicality. Yeah. Like this man told me what to do, so I feel like he thought it all the way out. Like I feel like he. Thought it all the way through and just because you weren't in on those conversations doesn't mean that those conversations didn't happen yeah. or just because you would do something even with your big faith you are projecting onto me what yeah. you think that I would be doing I'm like me and you are not the same baby like <laughs> so it was like I didn't even think Hollywood won't accept me mm. because I have faith if anything I, I it was reversed I was like baby Y'all about to get all of me because I have my faith. My favor is good. Like, I just, I was so, I didn't even, like, it's so, I, I'll tell you the funny story. When I auditioned, when I was doing the test for Insecure, and so it was like five, this is the fifth and final audition. We're now testing for HBO. And in my, like, I was re- like 12 months before this, I was ready to pack it up, give up. God, he, he got me twisted. I was fighting him. We're about to renegotiate all the contracts. I was like, Jesus, I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to talk to you. Me and you are never being friends. Lose my name and my number. Like, I was about to give him his Miranda rights. Like, you have the right to remain silent in my life. So, um, so we now, you know, God got me together because he was like, baby, you just haven't been listening to me. That's why you still where you at. And I was like, oh. You might be right. My bad. I I was tripping. So we get to the HBO um, test 
And I'm like, God, I've, I, I've seen the contract. I've signed the contract for what I will be making per episode. I, this is a woman who barely eats salads because she is poor. And they're <laughs> showing me what I could be making per episode. I said, Lord, you know, I know your words is that mm, you don't bring us to the point of birth and shut up the womb. That's because we are at the point of birth. And we it was me and two other women testing. And in my mind, I'm like, I got favor. So I don't know what y'all is doing over here. Because maybe, do you know that all of these two other girls love Jesus too? We we are in a kumbaya circle praying. I said, oh, this is the devil. Like, like I was, so we started praying. And so I was like, oh, I'm a one of them. So in my praying, I was like, in the name of God, hey, Torah, shit. I said, I'm going to sneak a, a tongue. And then they, these fools started speaking in tongues too. I said, oh, oh, we, oh, we know Jesus like and love him and speak in tongues. And so I was like, and Lord, I know that as we are faithful tithers, like I was like, I'm trying to figure out like where in your spirituality are you? I, I pray, I speak in tongues, and I tithe. This is, so we were all like on par. And I said, oh God. So I remember when we broke free of that, 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 that prayer circle, I said, God, well, one thing is apparent. One of your daughters is going to get this. As much as I want it to be me, what I want more is that your name be glorified and yeah. nobody tricks up this opportunity. Okay. And this is the point. This is the point where, I mean, you're, you're going to go there naturally, but I have to ask, cause you've mentioned, you've mentioned the word favor three times. And mm -hmm. I feel like favor is one of those like nebulous Christian words that like so many people don't understand. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to define favor. And then where did you see it play out in your life? And of course it's going to be the show, but I, I feel like I have some more prodding questions that will lead us to like other aspects yeah. of your life. But talk to me, you say favor, define favor. I mean, it's like unmerited goodness and grace. Like it's like, mm. you can't, you, like you can't work for it. You can't pay for it. It's yeah. God just when he decides to just open up the windows of heaven and smile upon you and just be like, Hey, I don't usually do this, but sprinkle me, sprinkle me, sprinkle me. See. Like, I just, like, it's just, it's like tahine on fruit. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know what I'm saying? If now, you don't now somebody tahine, in the Midwest listening right now has no idea what tahine is. But as a Latina, let me let you know, tahine is of the gods, okay? It's, it's actually tamarind that's dried out with like salt and chili. And you can put it on fruit or you can put it on like adult beverages, but it's, pre it's pretty darn awesome. So yes, the Lord is up I, there I sprinkling tahine on you. <laughs> I keep a little travel size in my bizag. Okay? Are, you, are you an honorary Latina? I, I, I'm dubbing you right now. <laughs> okay. The favorite God is upon your life. Um, so what happened after these interviews? Okay, so um, I remember uh, I remember that moment where I did my test, and I I, I I was so new. This was my very first like big thing, you know. And these other women had they had resumes. I was like, oh, I I have one credit. <laughs> I, can, I can't. It's actually a half a credit, but you know who's counting. But they had resume. They had a real. Okay, they had they had something to show for themselves. I was like, I I slang these jokes, um, and so I walked to my car and I remember crying. I just was like, God, you know, <laughs> I did my best, and mm -hmm. if my best not good enough, okay, so maybe I won't make all that money, but just like. Just give me a backdoor blessing. And God said, as I'm walking to my car crying, he says, 
I'm working behind the scenes on your behalf. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, that I thought he meant like, you're going to get another show, girl. That's not it, but you're going to get another show. <laughs> and I was like, all right, guys. So I'm in my car like, but I really want this one because it's already done. <laughs> like, it's already done. You know, you know that moment where you're like, I can get in on something. That <laughs> it's already going. I, I know I can build my own house, but I just want to buy this house. That's, it's moving ready. <laughs> like, it's, I, I don't have to pick out the core. It's, they, somebody did it. And so I was like, you know what, God, you're right. You, you're able to, you know, give me, you know, work, work, work behind the scenes on my life. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize is that he was, what he was saying was like, no, 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 no. This is for you. You have no idea what conversation I'm having with the decision makers that just saw three potential mollies. So I'm working mm-hmm. behind the scenes literally <laughs> on your behalf. Yeah. And that was like, I, I remember when we were about to, well, we were probably a couple seasons in and the showrunner Apprentice Penny found the notes that he made from my very first audition. Wow. And this is when I like full circle things that God will say, like make sense. And he said, um, you didn't have the best first audition. And I was like, well, that is very uh, hopeful for me right now in this season. As I'm three seasons in this character. He's like, no, 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 no. You didn't have the best first audition. And he was like, you were kind of handsy. You moved a lot with your hands. I was like, I am handsy, you know. And But he said, there's something there. And so then with the second audition, and what they don't know is it was either pay for an acting class and or pay for my cell phone bill and i remember being like well i hope they find another way to contact me if i get the job because my cell phone might be cut off because i'm gonna pay for this acting class <laughs> so i could like shore up the opportunity and give myself the best chance of getting the job but sure if my phone is on but i ain't got no job how, what good does that do for me so you know these are things that i'm doing in between every audition because like i said there were five of them and then Prentice said, he said, you know, what what really sparked with us was every time you came in, you gave us something different. You gave us something new. There was something better about you. Whereas the person that was our favorite from the beginning, they stayed there. Like they didn't grow. They didn't do anything wrong, but they didn't do anything better. And so we just saw like, if she's doing this without guidance, if she's doing this without a director, maybe we can get more from her with the right kneading and prodding when we're on a production set. And that is the thing, you know, sometimes so many people feel like I killed it. I crushed it. And it's like, you did, but but they're looking for either growth or they're looking for whatever they're looking for something else or, you know, or you can be like, I didn't kill it. I didn't crush it. It's like, no, but you showed them potential. And you show them uh, malleability and flexibility, which is something even the best of people sometimes don't have. So it's like you have no idea what God is actually using (laughs) on your behalf as a strength. Mm. So I'm hearing I'm hearing favor um, multiple times. God's opening up his doors. But like this favor has permeated not just within like acting or comedy, but I mean, there's. Oprah, which queen mother, I mean, the favor that you've received there from TED Talks and all this other stuff. As we, again, I have so much that I want to talk about, but I do want to talk about like this season in life outside of so much success professionally. Um, And then personally, you are, again, season of timing. um, You're single 
and you are waiting for your Boaz to come along. Bless God. We're going to pray him in. We're going to pray him in. I'm going to personally make it my mission to introduce y'all. That's like my goal. Okay. That's my goal. And then your first baby will be named Bianca, whether it's a boy or a girl. Um, Bianca or Bianca. There you go. There you go. There you go. Okay. So, so much success in your life. And I'm not saying that relationship is equal to success, but there, it is a desire I've, I've read and I've heard. And even in preparation for this interview, just kind of like you talking very candidly, very openly about your dating life. So before we dive into like the timing, the season that God has you in, like what has dating been like for you as a professional living in an urban city with great success? Like where are you at emotionally and romantically? Uh, All good questions. Uh, You know, what's funny is as a Nigerian woman, I didn't really date a lot because, you know, I don't know if it's the same in Latino culture. It is. It is. (laughs) They're they're just like, focus on your education, focus on education. And then you get all your education and like, okay, when are you getting married? You're like, what? There was no balance. There was no like, focus on your education. And if you happen to see the really nice school studying next to you, you know, like, bet your eye a little bit. Just focus on your education. Don't look to the left or the right. He was like, wait, what? And then one day it's like, where are our grandchildren? I'm like, I don't know, but I got 18 degrees. That's what I got. You know? That's my testimony for real. I feel you on so many levels. Yes. So I didn't really like I, I late bloomer in the sense of like I really I was also too like I had this thing you know culturally you know Nigerian culture is very like you know very manly very you know it's it's just the expectations of women versus mm-hmm. of men. And I just was like, I'm not following into none of these tropes. I don't want it. And I I had this thing of like, I want to be successful before I'm in a relationship. Because yeah. what you're not going to do is tell me what I can't do. And what you're not going to do is tell me, you know, like I got to give it up or, you know, just like, just give up my dreams or just, you know, it's just very patriarchal. It's just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm just like, I don't want to fall into the trap that I, I had seen so many of my friends who I'm like, girl, you were an amazing dancer. What happened? Well, you know, I got married and I got, you yeah. know, two kids until I just got to be a mom now. I'm like, uh, <laughs> and I just was like, that's not it. You know, I, in my mind, I was like, father, you got me on this track. So I believe <laughs> that you can save my ovaries for when it's time <laughs> and, you know, and just, and not have to make me choose. I don't want to have yeah. to choose. And yeah. And so I was like, I also want to be successful <laughs> before I, you know, I delve into like relationships. Because also like my options can, can, can improve. I was like, I don't know, like my pool gets bigger. You know, there's, you know, I, I don't want to, not settle, but I, I don't want to settle for what I think I'm only worth right now. Yeah. And not financially worth, but just emotionally yeah. or spiritually or whatever mm-hmm. worth mm-hmm. right now. I was like, there's so much more that I haven't even unlocked in myself so I don't want to get into a situation where I'm like, yeah, this is the best for me. Just, but this is just a season. Yeah, this is just a season, as opposed to like giving myself the full potential and full advantage to take full potential of all of who I am, and to have a partner be like, I see you, yep. and you know what? I yeah. still believe this is just the beginning. You know, so yeah. it's like, oh my god, we can grow together, as opposed to like. Oh, I didn't know you was going to do all that. (laughs) Okay, so do you want to... Wait, first of all, (gasps) ooh, inquiring minds want to know, are you dating anyone? I'm single right now. Okay, Um, you are single. But you know what? I'm I'm probably... It's funny because in this season of my life, I'm probably the most ready for a relationship. And, And I say this on set, on stage, 
you know, in the past, I think we've all been like, I'm ready to get married. I'm ready for something. And it's like, we said it because it was just a checkbox. Like, I know I said it because it was just like, it was sounded cute. It's like, I got, you know, I have the house. I have this career. I just need some money. <laughs> I have done so much therapy on myself. Uh, you know, with, with therapy, with therapists, I have read the books. I am really like undoing childhood traumas. I'm like, yep. oh, I'm understanding why in the heck I let something slide in past relationships. Like, what were you? I love me in such a real way. So I'm not looking for somebody to like fill in the gap that like was like not there. It's like the gap has been filled. Now I just need you to like put it in the overflow, baby. As opposed (laughs) to like you just pouring and pouring and low key is a leak. And that was leaking out. But no, it's like when you pour it, it's about to be, it's about to be a monsoon. <laughs> so, you know, I I I'm really in that place where I'm looking for a partner that's also been doing their work yeah. that sees me and is like, oh, I, I don't even know if you see you like I see you. It's like, what you see? <laughs> you know, um, but that's also really happy in their life and really fulfilled. Like I want a partner that I can be proud of. Like I want to look at yeah. them and be like, I'm so proud to be your wife. Like, do you all see my man? He, ah! Okay. Know. Okay. So as we, as we wrap this up, as we wrap this up. So you actually might have met or definitely like have known who I, I think you could reach out to, but, um, Priscilla Shire, you guys, y'all just hung out recently and she has yeah. a little brother by the name of Anthony Evans. I mean, light <laughs> well, chocolate, loves the Lord, rides not- horses, sings like an angel, has his own identity, his own career, his own funds. And I'm like, he's single, you know, and like ready to mingle, maybe. I, 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 just- I literally was just talking to Anthony yesterday. Like, <gasps> Anthony. Confirmation in the nation. Are you for real? Wait, is he dating somebody? Oh, we're getting all the tea today. <laughs> Anthony is like one of my really good friends. Like we, we Oh, you we, said the F word. Dang it. Yeah. Oh. yeah, like he when I tell you he's the homie, just, okay. just the kindest, lovingest, dopest individual you ever meet. He's <laughs> like we were literally like, okay, so are we going to Italy? Where are you trying to go? Because I'm going to trying to go to Bali. Like we literally meet on vacations. That's Listen, what, just go to Italy and fall in love over some cacio e pepe and some Chianti is all I'm saying. I'm just going to prophesy that into me. Now, every listener out there that has an amazing, eligible, God-fearing man with six figures. Yes, I'm throwing it out there because he can't be intimidated by her success. Um, like, let, let's just, let, I just want to prophesy. I want to speak life that there is somebody out there that somebody knows that you should date, uh, whether it's a professional athlete or a lawyer or a doctor so that you, oh, a doctor. So your mother would be happy. Hello. Hello. In tech, right? Because I believe you want somebody that has the flexibility yeah. schedule to spend a month in Bali. Come on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yvonne, I, I literally get to sit here and just pick your brain. Your life is so wildly fascinating. In the show notes, we're going to put a link to your TED Talk, uh, to where they can get the book, to more yeah. information about you. But um, as a woman of God, I just want to say thank you for being a light in a dark place. Hollywood, if you didn't know, honey, Hollywood's a dark place. And yet you are bringing the light of Jesus into the world. You are standing like a lighthouse amongst what feels like cultural waves, and you're doing it so beautifully. So it's been my honor to talk to you. It's been my honor to process life and pick your brain and ask a bunch of questions. Thank you just for being an open book. I so appreciate you. And, uh, you know, I feel as though, like, 
I'm not the only one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not the only one that can do this. And I I think sometimes we get so like, oh my gosh, like they were able to do it. And it's like, uh, the only thing I was able to do was have a consistent (laughs) kind of character. That was, that's really it. Consistent Mm. character. Because it's not that you can't penetrate or permeate Hollywood. And what's funny is when you are constant, when you have a symbiotic relationship with who you say you are and mm. what you will say you believe, yeah, people respect that. Like they may, they may be the ones like, I don't even know. I don't. And then they, because they're testing you to be like, that's not real. <laughs> and then when you quote unquote pass the test by just being yourself, then it's like, Hey fam, let me talk to you real quick. I have met so many, and they're not even like underground Christians. They're just not like leading it with like on their shoulders. But there are people who are like, oh, we read about your love. I'm a believer as well. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought this was an audition. Okay. Like, oh, I thought this was, I thought this was the meeting with the, the, head of the studio. You know what I mean? But it's just like, they are believers as well. They may not be as vocal about it. As yeah. I am, but they appreciate, and then it's like I'm in these rooms thinking, like, okay, well, this is another meeting, and then it's like, oh, wait, this is a this is a convention now, like, Jesus. <laughs> and you, the thing that you think is not a superpower because, like, who would say like loving Jesus is a superpower in Hollywood? But for me, it is. Yeah, like I, I can't tell you what Chris Rock saw in me to get me on his uh, tour and I'm opening up at Barclays Center in front of 17,000 people. I don't I don't even know if this man ever saw a tape. <laughs> I don't know. But here I was and he was like, yeah, you're good. And I, I got more cities for you. And I'm like, and I'll be right there. <laughs> but the girl who someone else told her, man, you don't curse in your sets. I don't know that this is going to work out for you. Like, you're just going to be you know, really yeah. pigeonholed to doing certain kind of comedy. I was like, you mean the kind of comedy at stadiums? Oh, all right. <laughs> that doesn't feel pigeonholed to me, brother. But you know what I mean? So I think that so often the thing that really is our superpower because it's not popular, we we try to minimize it because we're trying to fit in. But it's like my life has been one of those things where like, I ain't always done the popular thing, but it's been the purposeful thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And and sometimes I'm greedy because I'm like, I want both. I want it to be popular and purposeful, Jesus. And sometimes he gives that to me. And sometimes I'm like, all right, let me take the purposeful route or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, even even this conversation, you know, the book is about to be uh, celebrate a year uh, since the release in um, May, May 25th of 2021 is when it came out. And what God told me about it was, he said, um, I'm, I'm not going to get emotional, but he was just like, he gave me a word about the book. And I remember when the book came out and I was like, yeah, I don't see it. <laughs> like, I don't, like, where is this? Like, oh God, again, one of us has to be a liar and it, it ain't me. And I just, I just remembered believing what success looked like, like in my mind, like this is what success looks like. These are the numbers that means it's successful. And, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and he was like, okay, well, oh, we're going to have to shed all of that. And I have seen more blessings from this book, mm-hmm. <laughs> not in the first week, not in the first month, but like literally through the word of mouth that has spread. And people are like, do you have this book? And it's just like, to the point where my publishers hit me up 
earlier this year was like, are y'all checking the numbers? And they were like, <laughs> we have been in publishing for a long time. And normally with these type of books, it's just, it, they fizzle out, but she's growing through word of mouth, the sales on Amazon. And I'm just like, and they were like, this don't usually happen. And, and I was like, isn't this the bamboozlement of Jesus? <laughs> he was like, I need you to understand what success looks like when I do yeah. Because even the success you've had, I need to switch it up because I don't want you to get comfortable or complacent and like, well, this is how it's going to be. So I know how God works. It's like, no, no, no. You will never know how I work. <laughs> like fully. You will know my character. You will know certain things about me. And if you know my character, you know that I can work in all types of ways. And just seeing you reach out to me after reading it. Um, when you were like, I really just want to bless this child who gave me this daggone book because I'm not really going to read it. Or just the DMs that I get of like, hey, I started my business after chapter four. And it was, I know God had been prompting me to do it. And I was oh, just, you man. know, whatever, yeah. whatever. And I'm, I'm so grateful because the whole time I was writing it, this is what I saw or believed could happen. But I was Gideon and like, well, who do I think I am? Yeah. I am, I'm not Priscilla Shire. I'm not Christine Kane. I'm I'm not Bianca. Like I'm like, who do I think I am? I'm just this black girl who loved Jesus and mm. went through some hard times and believed that with a little bit of faith, hard work, and a little bit of trust, yes, God can pull your mind. And 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 I think people are getting it. And I and yeah. I love that. And I'm so grateful to have this opportunity. Um, to talk about it. I'm very excited to talk with you and to, to get to know a new Latina friend. <laughs> and we can um, have, we can, we can have a uh, fruit with tahin on it and then uh, cheers and celebrate. But speaking of books and Amazon, uh, one of the things that I just love doing as an author to an author is giving away five books. Uh, but we, I buy them, I buy them on Amazon and drop ship them to people to not just get up numbers, but to get this book in the hands of people. So five lucky winners who tag you, um, on Instagram and or Facebook, um, and me. So I know we're going to go ahead and give away, um, five books to five lucky readers. So thank you for your time. I I so appreciate you. Every bit helps. I have a goal to sell, to get to a certain number by the one year anniversary. Yes. (gasps) I'm very close. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, so so okay, so producer Madi, don't get upset with me. Let let's let's just dream, right? Like let's help and get this podcast moved up in the season so that we could push books. So yes, I, okay. So one I year anniversary is May twenty fifth. You said wait, one year anniversary is May twenty fifth. Okay. So I'm going to speak to producer Madi and we're going to see if we can push this uh, interview up to help boost numbers and we're going to reach your goal, girl. We're going to reach the goal. Yes. Everyone out there, you can go to Amazon and barnesandnobles.com because I can't talk about one, uh, you know, one bookstore over the other. Target, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Y'all go get Audible. the book. Yes. All of it. All Audible, that's right. Yes. I copies. That's my big dream. Okay. And I think we can do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bless this book, bless this message, get in the hands of people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Love it. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, Bianca. I so appreciate you. This was so much fun. Friends, I don't like to recommend books that I personally haven't read, but I have read this book and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I also want to help a sister out and put this book into your hands so you can go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, any fine establishment where books are sold. And you can download or purchase her book. 
I'm so excited that we were able to spend time with her. I hope you loved her as much as I do. Now, as we wrap up this podcast, I hope you subscribe to Access More or anywhere where you download your podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this family. And I can't wait for next week's episode. Chat then. <laughs>